running is kind of like a bitter fruit because the first steps of the first mile that you run are always so hard, but once you pass it, you kind of get into a flow and it almost gets addicting. This week, we're going to talk about our takes on running. We'll share everything from the shoes we like to wear to the music we like to listen to on our run. So let's start with our running stories. Heidi, when did you start running and do you remember the reason that got you into it? Mm, I've never been great with any hand-eye coordination sports or any sports that involve a ball. So I've always defaulted to running since elementary school. And I think another factor that I've always just have run throughout my life is that being in club sports can be a little pricey. So growing up, my mom basically had to decide either like letting me take music or sports lessons. So as I went through middle school and up, I was just involved in cross country or track as like one of those extracurriculars, but was never particularly good at either, but it just stayed with me throughout college and after college because it's a it's something you can do everywhere, almost everywhere and anywhere without without a ball. You can just do it alone. Don't need a team to play the sport. So that's how don't I need equipment. Do yeah, don't need equipment. Mm-hmm. What about you, Hannah? I second that I am not great at hand-eye coordination. Like I was talking to somebody the other month and I was like, would you say that I'm unathletic? And they're like, you're pretty athletic. You just have terrible hand-eye coordination. <laughs> like I can't catch a ball. I can't, I don't know. It's just really hard. Like volleyball, <laughs> basketball, football, can't do anything with the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like I'm pretty good at running and I can have pretty high endurance now, mm-hmm. but I wasn't always like that. So I got into running when I found out that some friends in high school actually worked out for fun. Like I didn't know that people worked out when it wasn't required of them to do so in PE class, I didn't exercise at all growing up. I walked, but that was pretty much it. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it has to do maybe with similar to your story, Heidi, the way you were raised. Like I was also in a similar boat where my parents prioritized music lessons and like art classes as opposed to sports and Mm. physical activity stuff. Mm. So I didn't really start running until high school. And I did that out of like, oh, I need to get fit. I need like, I need to lose weight or whatever. So that is how I started running. I hated it for a very long time, but I would mark the turning point for when I actually started to enjoy running. It happened sometime in college. I think towards the tail end of like my junior year. Hmm. Yeah. Do you know what caused the turning point or is it just like one day after a run, you felt the euphoria? I think it was consistency because growing up, I would have these bursts of motivation where I'd be like, I want to run. And then I'm like, I don't want to run anymore. And I'd stop for a week and then start for a week. So I never actually got better and I never really improved. But when I started going to the gym more consistently, like three to four times a week and just started running more consistently in terms of pace and mileage, I felt that it got easier and that motivated me to keep wanting to improve on it. Mm, when things gonna be get a easier mm-hmm. <laughs> consistency is gonna probably be a theme in in my running journey yeah and on all parts of 
I think hobby journeys, it's hard to like stop and go even during a run. It's like, I think once you start walking, it's hard to, it gets harder to run again. Cause then it's like, well, I've already stopped once. I'll, I can continue to stop then. Cause I, mm-hmm. that streak was already broken. You say, we say consistency is key, but how do you get into running? Do you remember how you got into it? Because it's it's hard when you're doing something new, something as can't, as challenging as running. It's not always enjoyable. So how do you recommend people get started? I feel like the first step is to maybe not compare yourself to others. Mm. This is kind of tough if you're running at the gym and there's like all these people on treadmills around you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, this person's going way faster than me or this person's running longer than me. So number one is less comparison. And I feel like what also helped me get better and enjoy running more is to prioritize either speed or distance, but don't prioritize both things at once. Mm-hmm. I noticed that the really awful punishment runs that I've had were when I simultaneously was trying to increase my mileage and decrease my pace at the same time. It's like, you're just doing too much. We don't have to do all this on one run, just prioritize running longer for at a slower pace or Mm -hmm. a shorter distance, but trying to like run as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like when you set your expectations too high and you fail at it, it becomes really discouraging. Mm -hmm. What about you? Any any ways that you got into running? Mm, no, I I second that. And I think it it goes down to just take things slowly and in bite sizes. As someone, if, if you're just starting out and you think about three miles, it might sound really daunting. So don't focus on tracking yourself, but rather I would say focus on the preparation of a run. So like getting into the habit of clearing out your schedule and making time to run. I think it is as big of a hurdle as the run itself because an excuse we all hear is like, oh, I don't have time to run. Like, I don't have time to work out. It's like, yes, you do. You can you can make time to either wake up earlier or have a more organized routine so that you can prioritize getting better at running. And there are also apps like the Nike Run app or any other running app that you can leverage and they have a plethora of guided runs as short as three minutes all the way to 90 minutes so you really don't have an excuse to be like oh I only have 10 minutes to run that's not enough time because guess what there is a guided run to fit your schedule so I like doing these on top of my usual playlist because it's almost as if someone is in conversation with me while I'm running and giving me prompts to answer in my head so it's just entertains me and motivates me even more so I'm not just like stuck to my music or my mind starts to wander also if you're the type of person who gets motivated by streaks I feel like the Nike run app and other apps like Strava or Runkeeper are really great to use because you get to see your progress Mm -hmm. from the time you ever started using the app like I love looking at my Runkeeper and being like Oh, I run like hundreds of miles over the course of two years. And it just gives you a sense of accomplishment that you did it. You really did that. App playlist. So if you like Spotify, there are running playlists on Spotify that have curated beats and like different rhythms. So if you're, so you can vibe and groove 
to the music while you're hitting each step. So those are fun if you're trying to s- switch up your music or I know, Hannah, you don't like to listen to music while you run. I think it depends. I, I do like listening to music most of the time. I'd say like 70% of the time, yes. But there have been a couple runs where I just like forget my headphones and yeah. just do it in silence. And those are still enjoyable for me. I know it's not the case for a lot of a lot of people who, who just like find it super boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you don't listen to music, I feel like you can just really be alone in your thoughts and mm-hmm. listen to the sounds of the outside world. I feel like this mm-hmm. is especially calming if you're doing like a sunset run or sunrise yeah. run. Mm-hmm. It can be meditative sometimes to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing that I do that is probably a little psycho is <laughs> if I'm like really into a show, oh. I will turn on the audio descriptions for the show and listen to it because it kind of sounds like an audiobook. The oh. They have like a narrator who narrates the character's actions and tells you what's happening in the scene in addition to like the actual audio oh that's that's an option if you're bored of music or bored of silence you can listen to a tv show or a movie yeah yeah oh I like that I feel like I do that more um when I'm on a treadmill yeah yeah you you can kind of watch like I was watching the bachelor when I was on the treadmill at work in San Francisco the other week and it was then you don't feel as bad as like wasting two hours watching a dating show (laughs) I feel that way about tv shows in general like I cannot (laughs) I can no longer just sit down and just watch a tv show like I have to be doing something else not every run will be your best run but what matters is just just getting out there and even like running a couple steps I mean there are some days when I set out to do X amount of miles, but then it just doesn't happen. And it's really hard not to beat yourself up because it's like running always has like an underlying connotation of like you you should be getting better after each run. But it isn't always doesn't always have to be like that. And it doesn't have to be a competition. Like your next run doesn't always have to be faster or longer. As long as you did a run is an accomplishment in itself consistently moving your body and running is the best way to make sure you don't lose that skill or like lose your physical abilities. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when I run, even if I run 10 miles on a day and I stop for a month, that's going to be so much worse than if I had just run like one mile every single day for an entire month. Right. So I completely agree with that. Not every run has to beat your personal record all the time. Mm-hmm. I would say push yourself occasionally, but just be proud that you put on your shoes and got out there because yeah. that's half the battle. Yeah. I think I I you get stuck in this mentality, especially if you've been in like cross country or track, because it the coach is always being like, oh, for this practice, like try to beat your your time last week. And it's like be homie just trying to just trying to finish this run here like do I always have to or or when you're doing the pacer it's like oh you Mm -hmm. can add five more is it laps is that what we call it five more to the number it's like (gasps) dude I forget that you did cross country because that's probably how you get so motivated to 
like <laughs> keep running. I remember when I visited Heidi in LA and we went on that run in back Bay oh. in the morning and you're like, we, we had pretty much finished the run and you're uh-huh. like, let's just go a little further and come back so we can hit five miles. Cause I think yeah. we're at like 4.75. Yeah. And I was like, damn, if it were me, I would have been like, I'm done. But, but you, you kept pushing us and you like, you said we can probably do more. And we did like, we did hit five miles and it felt good, but I just, I could have never motivated myself to keep going. No, you could have. I don't know, man. I was like, this is more miles than I've ever run in my life. Um, Oh, that was such a good run. That was some, some nice weather run. You did good on that run. There were some hills to go through. The hills. Oh my gosh. I appreciate it though. <laughs> running with a buddy that, that might be another thing to add to the list. If you're into that, I know some people don't like to run mm-hmm. with other people, but at least when I run with Heidi, I feel like I run farther mm-hmm. and I run a little faster too than I normally would. Yeah. It's just like an accountability partner. It's like, obviously we, we're not going to be having a conversation because I'm out of breath, but yeah, you're, you're like, it's like, ah, dang, Hannah's like, Hannah's running this or like, like Hannah's doing this. Like, I want to either like keep up or see how much, how much we can push each other. And I feel like my, the runs that I do with someone else are usually my longest runs. Mm-hmm. Same. You know? Yeah. Having uh, the better. right accountability partners yeah. <laughs> can help you just stay motivated and continue to push yourself. Cause I definitely know I can't push myself like that by myself. Yeah. Cause then it's like, well, no one's watching me. <laughs> and nobody knows if I nobody. just ended this run one mile early, two miles <laughs> early. <laughs> exactly. So uh, while we're on runs, Hannah, like if, if you re- reflect back to maybe our back Bay run or any of your runs, like, do you tell yourself anything in your brain like do you talk to yourself mentally or maybe out loud sometimes I talk to myself mentally especially if I'm not listening to anything Mm. I would say my mental thoughts kind of depend on how I approach the run like if I'm trying Mm. to do too much I'm trying to push myself way too hard my internal dialogue is just very negative and it's always just like oh I don't want to do this I can't wait for this run to be over but if I give myself some grace and allow myself to run at an easier pace my mind starts to wander which Mm -hmm. I think is really awesome for me because it takes the attention off of the action of continuously running and that's when I notice I go into that flow state of just forgetting that time is passing and just being like oh you know three miles done just like that and that's the feeling that I strive for all the time I think it is a big mental game too huh mm-hmm. I think running especially is yeah. the mental game well maybe I take that back sometimes cramps come up and those just hurt oh that's the physical game that's a physical game <laughs> yeah but oh. that's what a lot of marathoners uh, or like people who run long races they always say it's a mental game because if you're always looking ahead and thinking about, oh my God, I have like 20 miles left. I have 15 miles left. You can psych yourself out much earlier than your body actually would give out. It doesn't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. make any sense. Mm-hmm. I get what you mean. Yeah, you get yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you kind of like cut yourself short. Or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, mental thoughts are very important. It's like, I mean, just like anything you do, 
what you tell yourself internally, I think has a very big effect on your performance and how you show up. Like some runs sometimes make me spiral into, like, especially if I run before work, it's like, I'm like, oh God, okay, I have this meeting to, to attend. I need to do this. And it's like, oh, I can't forget to do that. So it, it becomes like an additive effect of I need to do add things to my to-do list, which then stresses me out. So I try to be more intentional about making my runs, like actually just focusing on the run itself. And it's like, I'll just think about what's around me. Maybe I'll think about my breathing. Um, I'll try to discover new things around the neighborhood and just generally try to say more positive things to yourself. Yeah. You know, just some good chemicals. Is chemicals the right word? No, just, just good. I think chemicals is the right word. Yeah. Neurotransmitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this tends to happen to me on the treadmill a lot when there's no variance in the scenery. So then you just, you just start talking to yourself and thinking about all the other stuff in your life. Um, But if there's something around to to distract me, I'll be like, Oh, look at the birds. Look at the, look at the tree. And I feel like we need to do that more on on runs because they are supposed to relieve stress and like be some sort of outlet some people might think oh if I'm running on a treadmill I'm not going anywhere how do I make the time go by faster girl you can't do you have any tips (laughs) (laughs) like Um, how do you just run on a treadmill for 20 minutes yeah I I'm another one of those psycho people that sometimes most, most of the time I prefer the treadmill over outside running and how I like to just make the time go by faster is by listening to an audiobook, watching a movie, listening to a movie, listening to a podcast, just like something that will get you invested into the storyline or the plot. Because sometimes music doesn't do that for me. Cause I know what's coming and I'm like, okay, the song ends, another song starts. Um, that's not a really great answer, but I would say like podcasts or something that you enjoy listening to could be a YouTube video. If you like certain vloggers, like put on one of their vlogs. Mm-hmm. No, or, girl, those are great tips. Yeah. Are they? I feel like they're kind of basic tips. Maybe like pick a show that you are into or are, or you're enjoying and just reserve that for treadmill runs only. Like you can't watch that outside of your treadmill runs. Okay. Not that I want to make everything that we do like efficient or productive but like if you're trying to better yourself or make or like if you're a student and you're like preparing for an exam I feel like treadmill runs are they're a good time to pop in like a (laughs) like a business acumen podcast that's like 10 minutes long Mm -hmm. or or just like maybe a specific topic that you have an exam on it's even if you're not consciously digesting the information, maybe subconsciously, some things will stick. Yeah, like listening to the news, like a news yeah, podcast, current exactly. events. Yeah. It might not be like super so, interesting yeah, or engaging, <laughs> but you might retain something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We talked about, okay, our mental game, first things to do to get into it. But what about on the on the outside? Like, what do you wear? Some shoes or clothes, headphones, maybe. What do you recommend? I will start off by saying that I didn't realize the importance of like proper running apparel or just workout gear in general until 
probably my freshman or sophomore year of college. Up until then, I truly did not understand why people were spending $70, $100 on like running shoes. Because I was like, why would you spend that much money on running shoes? They're not even that cute. Well, now I know that some running shoes can be really cute. And I also learned that when you don't have comfortable clothes or comfortable shoes to run in, it can ruin the whole run for you. Um, Like if you're always having to pull up your leggings or your shorts, or if your shoes keep coming untied, oh my God, I just, I would just stop running at that point. I would get so frustrated. I would say my top necessities for a really great run, comfortable run would include a hat. I almost never run without a hat because I, it's just so multi-purpose. It keeps the sun out of your eyes. It keeps your hair in place and it keeps the sweat out of my face. Those are like the mm. the three things I need out of the hat. <laughs> and it's why I always wear a hat. It's not because I think I look cute in it. It's really because like you do though. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. But I personally don't like how I look in a hat, but I always wear one when running because I just get so uncomfortable if the hair's whipping me and like, oh my God, can't deal with that. So hat is number one. Number two, the right socks. If your feet are hurting, like if my feet are hurting, I'm going home. (laughs) I cannot push through that kind of discomfort. So just thick socks that prevent blisters, really important. And my final thing is a good pair of bottoms, like shorts or leggings that stay in place, preferably with a pocket for your phone. I also like to carry tissues because I get a really runny nose every time I run. Mm. Those are my recommendations. Anything you'd add? Mm. Well, what are, do you have any like favorite shoes? Mm. I tend to like shoes with a little bit more cushion Mm. and shoes that are a little firmer. Mm. So I would categorize Hoka's as definitely a lot of cushion, but too soft sometimes. Yeah. They're not like sturdy, but they are oomphy. Yeah. I think the the bounce and the cushion does fade away like after months of wearing and you, yeah. you need a pair of sh- a pair of shoe that will like hold up all the like stepping on, on like any type of surface like sidewalk trail um but they're cute though hokas they're, they're really always cute. they're always out of stock i swear i know i would almost sometimes i feel like i reserve my hokas for just walking because i'm like i don't want to mm-hmm. run them out you know i don't want to mm-hmm. wear them out by running Mm-hmm. Um, I do like New Balances as a running Ooh. shoe. They're firm enough. They're mm. firm enough, but also soft enough at the same time. I mean, New Balance—they <laughs> making a comeback. All of the not all the- in the running shoes department, though. Maybe in like the casual street shoes, but their running shoes do be kind of ugly sometimes. <laughs> Come on, step it up, New Balance. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, it's it's it is a little bit about style and fashion, but I think more so it's about protecting your your knees and your joints and your feet absolutely I mean I will always vouch for the old uh Nike zoom Pegasus I think that's what what it's Mm -hmm. called Mm -hmm. they I just remember one year I got their newest model and it just did not fit the same as maybe the model in like 2018 and 2019 but those I loved and recently so I tried Hoka's I recently got a pair of Brooks oh Brooks is a good brand okay you don't like it let me know if I'm I feel like maybe it's my sock issue because I've I've 
gotten blisters from it and it like kind of yeah I'm just like it hurts when I get blisters so maybe my socks are too thin but it is I can I do can tell the difference that it is more stable than Hoka so I'll give them that but I'm still just in my like fifth or sixth run with my Brooks so I might have to give a later review but so far they're giving me blisters where are they giving you blisters is it like your ankles or my ankle oh yeah Yeah. maybe socks like higher socks yeah uh maybe they might try to sell me on their like running socks do you see yourself constantly maybe not constantly but like regularly replacing your shoes every x amount of miles I I get new ones at least every year because every year because I I do feel like after like 200 miles of running like the shoes just don't hold up as bouncy or as cushiony as they once were and that that can have effect an effect on your feet and stuff so like right the past few weeks since I got my new Brooks and I'll use my Hoka's as like you know, you always need a pair of those dirty shoes, not dirty shoes, but like the old ones where mm-hmm. you wear to hiking or literally whatever. So I'll, then it just recycles into into that. Like you have an ever flowing of old hiking running shoes and then you slowly add like new running shoes each year. So I have a question. Yeah. When you replace your shoes every year, do you ever like throw away old ones or do you just kind of keep them? Because that's what I, I struggle with when I buy new shoes. I'm like, I don't want to throw it away. Mm. Maybe do you donate it or do you just keep one old one and one new one? Or like, what does that cycling out process look like? Dude, what did I do with my old ones? Actually, I feel like they might still be at home, but I just never gravitate towards them. I always just have, well, right now, one old one and then one new one. But I, But like my older, older ones, I just never touch again. So I think I do do throw them out. Yikes. Is that unethical? So unsustainable? No, 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 no. I don't think so. I was just curious because I I feel like I accumulate a lot of like old shoes that I don't know what to do with because my immigrant parent mentality in me is saying never throw anything away. But it's like, who's going to wear this? Yeah. Who wants this old pair of like running shoes? <laughs> exactly. Dude, that reminds me of what I categorize this as being spiritual, but I do feel like the things that you keep holds a certain energy and that can like weigh you down. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So like I recently heard this story from a friend's mom saying like when she first came to America, she went to like a flea market and got this really cheap like gold gold jewelry box obviously if it's cheap it's not real gold and like she brought it home and she was just like down and not herself for like the first three days and she's like what what is going on and it wasn't until she finally threw out that cheap ass jewelry gold box like she was herself again so it's I do feel like sometimes like certain things Maybe that's why people believe in like crystal rocks, some like healing energy. But I think like the more you hold on to things that don't add value to your life, it's kind of like holding you back because then you're not clearing space for like new 
mm-hmm. or like, I don't know, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm trying to get at? <laughs> I do. I kind of believe in that as well. Cause back in college, I remember every year we would move, at least I would move to a new space to live in, whether it was on campus or off campus housing. But I noticed that there are, there were some things like clothing articles or just random knickknacks that I literally never use, but continue to pack up every year and bring into my new place. And every time I'd look at it, it would just feel kind of uneasy. Like, why do I still have this? Why is it still in my possession when it doesn't do anything for me? It doesn't make me feel like myself. It doesn't make me feel good. Mm -hmm. I think that is that kind of what you're getting at? It's like, you keep lugging around these things that you're just, to maybe just bring up some bad memories or like bad vibes. Yeah. Cause, cause then it's like, like, wouldn't you rather have that space be empty or replace it with something that you actually love? <laughs> Trying to relate to re- relate this to having friends is a little stretch. It's like you only have so much time in a week, whatever, to like tend to your friends. So like, why would you tend to friends that don't benefit you when you could either make room for more alone time or making other friends or deepening your current friends relationships it's mm-hmm. like energy i do believe it i think i think there's energy all around us the good and the bad yeah and the moral of the story is don't be afraid to toss your old running shoes yeah <laughs> you don't need them you don't need them i mean they've they've used They've lived up to their lifespan. Well, we'll end it with, um, you have any major running milestones or milestones that you'd like to reach? My only running milestone is running a race. Just one race. <laughs> That's and good. That was the most I've ever run in my life to this date. And it was uh, 6.2 miles. <laughs> <gasps> Damn, dude. Yeah. Dude, tell I us about like your milestones, though. Girl- <laughs> I feel like you didn't even train for that, Hannah. And you got like, what? I first- did. I did train for it, but I only ran up to four miles ever. Oh, that's part of I heard that you only have to run like halfway. Exactly. And then your body will just naturally kick in and with the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that race was interesting because I initially wanted to do a 5K mm. because I was like, oh, I've never run six miles before. I don't, I don't know if I could do it. And then I waited so long to register for the race. I registered in person the day before the race and the 5k was the same price as the 10k. So I said, let's just do the 10k. (laughs) Let's just do it, bro. Yeah. I mean, you came in first in your group, right? And I mean, all all females, right? I did, but Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be too impressed by that. It was a pretty small race. Girl, it was pretty impressive. Thank you. But tell us about your milestones. I've done two half marathons. Every time I finish one, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do one again. But for some reason, like, isn't it funny how people pay to run? Yeah. Like these, these races aren't cheap. like hundreds. Yeah. It's a hundred to hundreds of dollars to just to run in just this to run race. and like go go to the place like you need to figure out where you're staying and stuff it's like I mean I, I love it I mean I, I I love the community behind it but it's so funny like you would pay to suffer basically I think if you've never been a part of 
the running slash race community, it's easy to be like, what the heck? Like, why would you do this? Because I was like that too. And I've never participated in track or anything like that. But then after running my first race, I was like, okay, I kind of get it. Mm. Like there is a sense of community and like Mm -hmm. celebrating everyone's accomplishments. That's really, really nice. Yeah. I mean, it'd be really cool to add add a full marathon to the list, but it's like- You could do it easily. Yeah. Like physically, I feel like my knees would give out. Like even after running a half marathon, I couldn't really walk or go down the stairs quickly for a week. Like it took Holy a week crap. to recover. So maybe, maybe it's also maybe my posture. I know. I think I tend to like land more heavily on my right, right leg, I think. Uh-huh. So posture is important. Yeah. Running form. I feel like that's a advanced thing but <laughs> if you're run, if you're running a lot it yeah. can make a really big difference on your body and how you recover after runs but mm-hmm. so whether you run one mile a month or one mile every day consider yourself a runner the hardest part is always taking that first step and consistency is key We'll see you next week. We believe in you and maybe you can listen to us during your next run. See you next week.